Hey friends. Well, school's starting. How are you feeling about that? I totally remember uh, quite a mix of feelings um, when it was time for my kids to go back to school uh, and for me for that matter too. Um, uh, excited for the new year and happy to be back to routines, but also sad to see some of the ease of summer go. Uh, today we're talking about sleep and it's um, it's important to get back into some good sleep routines after more flexible bedtimes in the summer. Um, and it's usually our one of our first jobs um, as kids uh, get back to school. So um, something that's interesting, of course, about sleep is that uh, as adults, we want more sleep and kids don't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, but the bottom line is all humans require sleep to be functional and operational people. As adults, we need to rest our brains so that it can literally do some maintenance of its own overnight. Without this, we can't do our lives of working, organizing, planning, executing, caring for our kids, ourselves, and others um, to function at um, optimal levels, adults need about nine hours of sleep per night. Uh, so my first ask is, are you getting enough sleep? Are you getting around nine hours? All of the sleep research says that, that most adults require at least that much. I think I personally need more than that. Um, if you're not getting enough sleep, um, you already know that you're not functioning at your best. So we're going to tackle sleep today. If you're new to the pod, welcome to Mom Psych. Mom Psych is a parenting podcast devoted to providing you with community, evidence-based research, information, education, and support for raising emotionally intelligent, responsible global citizens. It's not easy. You're already doing it right, and we can always do it better. I'm your host, Lisa Weir. I'm a licensed parent and family educator and have worked with hundreds of families, teaching parenting classes, coaching one-on-one, home visiting, and writing. I'm passionate about helping parents navigate the challenges of raising good humans in an increasingly complex world. Before we get started, just a standard disclaimer, this podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice or private therapy. So let's talk sleep. Parents of newborns, it's highly unlikely that you're getting enough sleep. Uh, thankfully, you may be experiencing some superhuman adrenaline for a few months to cope with lack of sleep, but that usually starts to run out after a few months. Then you're just flat out exhausted. You might have kids that stall to go to bed. Um, dragging it out way past the point of your patience, or maybe your child wakes numerous times at night for any number of reasons, which means you're probably wiped out too. I actually made a medicine dosing error in a state of exhaustion, almost delirium, um, after being up several nights with my daughter, um, who has asthma. 
I was so tired and uh, for several nights of, of being awake with her um, that I, I was pretty sure I gave her the wrong amount of medicine and I had to contact, contact um, poison control. That was a really scary parenting mo- moment. Uh, fortunately, she was fine, but it's just a reminder that our functioning is really critical. Um, and and it, it could even be a matter of life and death. I'm thinking if you're too tired when you're driving your kids in the car, um, it is lack of sleep is an impairment. And so... Uh, we and we know that adequate sleep definitely has an impact on your ability to withstand just the typical physical, mental, and emotional challenges of parenting. Healthy family sleep is a family value, and when anyone in the family is lacking sleep, it's impacting the the entire family system. So it's necessary to prioritize sleep for yourself and your kids. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So interestingly, the or super interesting to me anyway, the research gives us a laundry list of the benefits of healthy, adequate sleep for kids. So again, this is from the research. If you want happier kids, healthier kids, better behaved kids, kids who can handle their emotions, kids who do better in school, kids who get along with others, kids who can focus their attention, kids who have good memory and recall, good emotional regulation, quality of life, mental and physical health, health, uh, help them get enough sleep because sleep impacts all those things. Sleep's a really big deal and it's worth your effort and your energy to prioritize it and actually set boundaries to protect it. So today I want to give you some strategies to do that. But first, I think the the main question is, you know, how do you know if your child's getting enough sleep? And I would say one of your best indicators for uh, if your child is getting enough sleep is how do they do during the day? Um, You know, does he crumble at the drop of a hat when anything goes wrong? Um, or does she fall asleep in the middle of the day when it's not at nap time? Their behavior can really uh, tell the tale um, and give you signs of of lack of sleep, but not always. Um, on the Mom Psych um, Facebook page, I posted an American Academy of Pediatrics chart that shows how much sleep kids should be getting based on their age. Uh, it is a range for each age. So um, most kids are going to fall somewhere within that range. You can check it out on the Facebook page, uh, but I'm going to just go ahead and read through it to, for you now. So birth to three-month-olds need about 14 to 17 hours of sleep per day. And of course, that includes nighttime sleep and naps. Um, and birth to three month olds, they're just they're just basically sleeping and eating a lot um, until they until they get to about four months old. 
the four to 12 month olds need about 12 to 16 hours of sleep in a 24 hour period, also including naps. One to two year olds, they need somewhere between 11 and 14 hours of sleep, including naps. Three to five year olds, 10 to 13 hours of sleep per 24 hours, including naps. Six to 12 year olds need somewhere between nine and 12 hours of sleep. Uh, and typically by that time, most six-year-olds and seven-year-olds aren't napping, so uh, the the majority of that sleep is going to be at night. And 13 to 18-year-olds need eight to 10 hours per night, which is similar to what adults need at approximately nine hours of sleep. Not getting enough sleep is associated with Um, an increase in injuries, an increase in hypertension, an increase in obesity, an increase in depression. And for teens in particular um, who are sleep deprived, uh, that, um, that possibility of developing depression as a result of sleep deprivation also can possibly Um, evolve into self-harm or suicidal thoughts. So so again, the consequences of not getting enough sleep um, are, are pretty great. In general, every parent will experience some type of sleep issue with their child at some point. Even if you had one of those unicorn babies who who slept all night, Early childhood is fraught with sleep challenges, and many of those challenges are due to normal developmental changes or sometimes change at home um, or in the environment. It's good to have realistic expectations of sleep. The first three to four years of life, you can expect a bit of a roller coaster when it comes to sleep. Things get much more stable and predictable when kids become school age. And then there are some new shifts as adolescents appear. Those developmental changes actually alter their circadian rhythm. And that's why your high schooler can't go to sleep before midnight um, very often. So again, having realistic expectations about sleep is really important because if we, if we think that you know, our kids should just easily go to sleep and sleep for 12 hours and never wake up. Um, that can make us pretty frustrated and grumpy because, of course, it's, it's not a realistic expectation. Childhood sleep challenges are so common, in fact, that there are thousands of books on the subject. There, there could actually even be a million. Uh, I've read a bunch of the sleep books I'll post a few of them on the Mom Psych Facebook page. Um, but there are, and there are all kinds of sleep training methods and sleep problem solving techniques out there. So the good news is there's tons of help if you've got sleep challenges. Uh, no one method works for everyone and everyone's family. Sleep is very, very personal. If you're struggling with sleep issues in your family, uh, and mine really struggled. <laughs> um, not only are you most likely chronically tired, 
and perhaps over-caffeinated, um, you might also feel bad or guilty or inadequate as a mother for not getting everyone into this beautiful sleep rhythm and routine where everyone wakes up happy and rested. Um, and you will get tons of advice if you haven't already. How you help your family get sleep has to fit you and your kids physically and emotionally. The books have many good ideas, but really only you can decide what approach works best for you and your family. From the many thousand sleep books out there, there are some sleep strategies that most experts can agree on. And I'm going to go ahead and share those with you now and um, maybe expand on them a little bit. So the first sleep strategy that pretty much everybody agrees is, um, is important and valuable is to view your role as your child's sleep guide or their sleep coach rather than the person who's responsible for getting your child to sleep. And I'll explain that a little bit further. But as a coach, your job is to help your child develop healthy sleep associations that depend on you to a limited degree. Early on, parents are more likely to be associated with sleep and the ability to go to sleep. And as our babies get a little older, we want to pull out of that equation um, as much as possible, not because we don't love all that comfort and cuddling and soothing and all that, but because in the long run, it it doesn't help your child to have an experience really good restorative sleep, and it doesn't help you either. So we'd like to start creating some um, patterns and associations, um, sleep associations for your child that don't require your active involvement. So some of those sleep associations um, can have to do with comfort objects like loveys or binkies, pacifiers, um, a special blankie, um, those kinds of things. Another idea, suggestion from all the experts is that a calming, consistent, and connecting, predictable bedtime routine will help your child, will help their brain and their body uh, wire up for sleep, essentially. And those, those, those bedtime routines can really look any way you want them to, to fit your family. Um, they should be calming. And so not a lot of, you know, physical activity and wrestling and roughhousing during um, that sleep time or that, that routine time. But we know that when we have this regular pattern of a calming, consistent, connecting sleep routine, it, it does wire up the brain and it prepares 
the body and the brain for sleep. Um, Mary Shidi Krishinka wrote a great book years ago called Sleepless in America. And she used the analogy of how children are putting children to sleep is like landing a big jet airplane rather than landing a helicopter. So in the example of the helicopter, a helicopter lowers itself and, you know, you get a couple zoom zooms and they're down. And, um, and children are not like that. Um, children are more like air, airplanes or uh, jet airplanes. You know, when they're getting ready to land a jet airplane, you know, you're cruising at 30 some thousand feet and there's an announcement and um, we're going to be starting our descent. And so, you know, chair, you know, chairs have to be put up, tray tables up, they're going to pick up the garbage and that's, that's getting the plane, that's getting the cabin um, ready, ready to land. Um, then another 10,000 feet, um, there's another announcement and there are a few more um, actions um, that get that plane and the and the people um, ready to land. And then at the very end, there's one more announcement where the flight attendants are instructed to go sit in their seats and be prepared to land. Um, but that whole landing process has taken, you know, every bit of 20 to 30 minutes. And that is the way it works with kids. Uh, they don't, um, they don't land, they don't go to sleep like helicopters. Uh, if, if your child does crash, fall asleep, let's say like a, like a helicopter, um, typically they're not going to sleep for very, for very long. And it's going to be more of a fitful sleep um, because their brains and their bodies haven't been prepared for that. So something to keep in mind. And that's why those consistent connecting routines are so helpful. Some of the things to include in those um, bedtime routines, and I'm sure you're doing many of these things already, um, you know, getting their pajamas on, um, brushing teeth, perhaps taking a bath, um, having some time for snuggling, um, a few songs, prayers, uh, reading books. Um, most bedtime routines don't need to be more than 20 to 30 minutes. Um, 20 minutes is optimal for younger kids. 30 minutes maybe a little bit better um, only because older kids will perhaps want to read longer or you've got you know more involved stories that you're that you're into um, but but 20 to 30 minutes is about the right time for a, a calming um, connecting bedtime routine also with your older school age kids before you start, the, the bedtime routine, be sure that 
you know, homework assignments are done. Uh, nothing gets surprised on you at the last second there, which that happened in my house for sure. Um, if lunches need to be made, get those lunches made. Um, and again, with school age kids, I think they can make their own lunches. Yep. And also, uh, have them go ahead and select the clothes that they're going to wear for the next day so that that's not something that has to happen in the morning. Um, speaking of the morning, I would definitely recommend absolutely no electronics until all of the mor morning routine jobs are finished. Uh, and that's even really with your younger kids. Um, I have known many kids who will wake up early because they're excited about TV or electronics um, or their games as soon as they wake up. And if the, the routine um, supports that, they are going to wake up early. But if they know that in order to get to watch their show or play their game or whatever, they have to get up, they have to go to the bathroom, they have to brush their teeth, they have to get their clothes on and eat, um, they may be a little less motivated to get up early, early. Um, and it, it can also serve as um, to help them be motivated to get all that stuff done. So, uh, so yeah, no electronics until all that stuff is done. Uh, another suggestion, recommendation for um, good sleep is to have some um, comfort or transition objects, kind of like we just talked about in the 